What's good, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Morning Playbook with me, your usual host, Ethan Troop. Um, here on The Morning Playbook, I do my best to give you the latest news, scores, and updates around the league when it comes to professional football and basketball. I do occasionally like to dabble in some USC. Um, I did see that, uh, uh, what's his name, Khabib potentially is unretiring, so I'm stoked about that um, to, to honor his dad's wishes to, to potentially go 30-0. and 0. Uh, his his dad did pass. I think I can't remember if it was this year or late or, or early. I'm sorry, late in the end of the year of 2019. But um, his his big victory he had uh, this past week. He he you know broke down. It was obvious he was very emotional about it. Um, and so he decided to retire. And uh, yeah, so I'm pumped to see him come back out. Anyways, that's that's aside from the point. Um, here on the morning playbook, man. Yeah, today I've got a, a returning usual guest. Everybody that listens should be pretty familiar with my guy Liam, the hoop star Nash. Um, anybody who isn't, he's a good friend of mine, and you can go back and listen to any other episodes to, to get an idea who he is. He has his own podcast. Shout out to Man to Man. Um, they're doing big things. Y'all go check them out. Uh, but yeah, that today's episode, we are starting a series that I've been saying I wanted to do for a little while now, where basically I just dive into an entire team as a whole, go back about three years, see what they've done for the past you know couple of seasons to put them in the position that they are when it came to being in the bubble this season and where they have now aligned their realistic future looking or basically playing GM with what they can do at the current moment getting ready for the next season, although we do not know when that will start. Um, but potential free agents they could go for in the uh, in offseason, um, potential trades, whatever. Um, for the Rockets, this, is, this episode is covering the Rockets, so we weren't able to do any kind of draft things for them because they don't have any draft picks going into the 2020 season. But uh, I will have draft picks as well for the other teams that I do. The next team that I do plan to do will be the Philadelphia 76ers. But this episode was a lot of fun. Me and Liam, you know, shot the shit and, and, and enjoyed ourselves. And we definitely hope you guys enjoy this episode and continue to tune in. Make sure you are liking this video. So if you're listening right now and you haven't already subscribed or liked or giving me a review or just commented on something on my Instagram page, um, then, you know, take a second and do that for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, it'll help me get my numbers going. If you've already subscribed, unsubscribe, resubscribe. I know it's silly, but it does help in the numbers game. Um, you'll be doing me a big favor. But with that being said, um, I do have a few advertisements that I want to get to. So let's go ahead and get to those. Before we get into today's episode, I need you guys to do me three big favors. First things first, I need you to go check out my guy, Alex Prim, a.k.a. The Fade Doctor. Alex always comes through in the clutch for me when it comes to looking clean and staying chopped. I don't let anybody but him cut my hair. He's pretty much the MVP of versatility when it comes to cutting all kinds of different hairstyles. If you want to see his work, check him out on Instagram at the underscore fade underscore doctor. That's at the TH3 underscore fade underscore doctor so remember that th3 not the underscore fade underscore doctor you can contact him there or directly message him on snapchat at fade underscore doctor if you can't make it out to him he's always available to come and do in-home haircuts make sure that you are scheduling your appointment with the fade doctor today using promo code the morning playbook for ten dollars off of your first cut I also want you to go check out my guy Jules over here at Jim's Herbal. If you're someone who cares about taking care of your body, he's someone you need to go see. 
Jim's Herbal is a herbal business that makes dry teas, elderberry syrup, and have other products that are soon to come. You can contact him through Instagram at Jim's Herbal, J-E-M-S Herbal, or you can get at him on email. You can email him at Jim's Herbal at gmail.com. Again, that is with a J and not a G. Use the promo code The Morning Playbook when you message him to get $5 off of your very first order. And last but not least, I need you guys to go check out my guy, Evan Ragsdale with Rags to Riches Training. Rags to Riches Training is, 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 is Evan's business. He's a former college athlete, basketball trainer. Evan Ragsdale specializes in helping people improve their skills and confidence on the court so that they can become the player that they have always wanted to be. You can contact him on Instagram at rags, the number two, riches, training, or at, or at Evans, I'm sorry, or at EvanRagsdale.com. Welcome back to another episode, my friend Liam. How you doing today, my guy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on here. I'm, uh, it's always a good time coming on uh, the morning playbook, you know? Hey, so. man, look, I felt, I felt it was very fitting as – on your podcast, you chose to pick the Houston Rockets to go all the way this past season that you should be on this episode as we go through what's happened in the past three years and, and basically play GM with the Houston Rockets, man. I know. I, I, I had big expectations for the Rockets this year. Uh, obviously, that didn't uh, really pan out the way that I saw it going down. But, yeah, Rockets, man, they, uh, they're a good team. And I, I would love to play a little GM with you for sure. All right. Well, before we get to playing GM, um, let's take a little trip back in the time machine and just kind of take a, a look at some of the history they've had for the past three years that are just kind of must know things, if you ask me, because there's been a lot that's going on in Houston, man. It's been such an experiment every single season. It's like a different experiment, but it's a it's an interesting and very large one. I mean, they, send, they tend to grab the, the spotlight somehow over there in the West. Um, but let's see here. We got, we'll start, we'll start three years ago, 2017, June 28th to be exact. The Rockets make the trade for Chris Paul. Um, this is like basically right after the NBA finals, what, maybe a week before the free agency starts because free agency normally hits in that first week of July. And this is July 20 or June 28th. Um, they trade Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Lou Williams, and a protected first round pick to get Chris Paul. That is a hefty amount, boy, right there. I'm trying to tell you, all those players just are playing for the Clippers now and are doing extremely well, except for Sam Decker. Uh, but that protected first-round pick, wow. Um, in the first year that they play with Chris Paul, they go to game seven and lose to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul obviously gets hurt. Uh, I think it's his hand or his wrist. It was one of the two. He's notoriously known to get hurt in the playoffs, especially in big moments. But they lose that game seven to the Warriors. And I don't know about you, who, but I felt like they were a really competitive team at that point. What were you thinking about when it, at, that, at that point in time in their season? Yeah, the Rockets, I mean, I think that was a good trade. Ultimately, you know, when, when you see another superstar available and you can get them for the Rockets, I think that was just a you can't pass up an opportunity like that. And so I think it was a good trade all in all, but obviously we see later down, you know, three, four years down the road, things kind of, you know, unravel a little bit. 
uh, with you know the Harden and, and totally Chris Paul. Totally different team by then. It's crazy how quick things change. Right, and everybody's going to talk about the Rockets taking you know the Warriors to Game Seven, up three one, I believe, in that series. So for them to be right there at that point and not get over that hurdle, obviously that's where the the conversation starts of like what do we need to you know add and and subtract and get get over that hurdle so i mean all in all to answer the question i don't really know in terms of was it a good move or the right move to to you know deal the players that they did but i think ultimately if you can get to game 7 in the western conference finals the deal was good you know you make yeah. the right move. So for well, me, obvi- obviously they felt like they didn't because I guess the following year they, you know, they, they did really well that year. I felt like they were a very competitive team. And if they didn't have Chris Paul get hurt, I won't say they would have won, but there is a definite strong chance they could have because they were playing the Warriors really well with him. Um, but they go into the second year and they lose to the Warriors again, this time for two. Um, which, you know, prompts them to make the Chris Paul trade and get him out of there. So just two seasons there, do you feel like that's enough time and like they really gave Chris Paul the proper run? I know that him and Harden weren't really, I guess, on the best of buddy terms, but as a GM or a, or a coach and all of that, are you, I mean, I understand he's your franchise player, but you got to do something there, right? You got to, you got to, do you feel like, do you feel like Russ was a good trade? Do you think they should have moved on to Russ? I think so. I mean, if you if you look at the numbers for Chris Paul uh, in those two seasons, uh, obviously the the year that they took the Warriors to the game seven, I mean, he's averaging eighteen points, eight rebounds, five uh, or five rebounds, eight assists. So his numbers are there. Same with the following year, he's right at sixteen. I mean, four and eight again. So numbers wise, say yes. Uh, I mean, they were there. I just don't think the the real chemistry between Harden and Chris Paul, like you mentioned, was really there. I don't think that chemistry was uh, truly there because all you would see is, you know, they would dribble down the court. Either Harden would, you know, make a play or uh, Chris Paul would make a play. And it wasn't really, you know, dominating chemistry between them. You know, you would never really see Chris Paul pass it off to James Harden or vice versa. So I don't, I think that's really what prompted it. And then obviously the, the success of, you know, the team in that, in that point was like, we're not winning. So there has to be, again, something to be, to be done. I think like we see in the news now, Maurer, you know, he has a big, you know, bright head and, and he does all that. So I think he was, you know, in the win win now mindset of like, hey, this isn't getting it done. We've seen it for two years in a row. Let's make a change. And for the Westbrook trade, Westbrook was coming off of his, you know, triple-double season, you know, with the Thunder of, I think it was 22 points. You would would think that would correlate into helping the Rockets, though. But if you look at James Harden's stats from the last year with Chris Paul to his first year with, uh, Russ on the team that he he drops his points off almost by two entire points, right? And I think, and well, you see you you see a jump in in Russell's points per game too. So I think it was a little bit 
of like a subtraction from Harden and a gain from from Russell because Russell had went from 22 points a game to 27 points a game. So that's five points. So he's scoring more points. Obviously, with the Rockets system, they are going to, you know, score points. That's – everybody West, knows West that. doesn't fit it, though. I just – when I when I look at it, I look at the numbers. I'm t- like, to me, this was a horrible trade for them. I, I, I feel like they gave up so much to get Russ, and they're not going to get Russ's production back. Now, I do think Russ will go into next year and be better than he was this year. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was this year. But to me, Chris Paul, especially right now, he showed it this past year was, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but he showed that he's still a dominant figure. And his type of production fit that Dan Tony system so much better to me. And you're scoring more as James Harden. I don't understand. I think I think that really bothered me as a fan to hear that, you know, it felt like the reason he was moved out of Houston was because him and Harden didn't get along. And to me, I understand what people say. We talked about this. I can remember if we talked about it uh, with Chris Paul or someone else. Oh, it's Jimmy Butler. Me and you talked about it with Jimmy Butler. Some players just have that dog in them, and it really rubs people the wrong way. And Chris Paul is another one of those guys. And I just – if I'm hard and, like, grow up, man, get over it. Like, especially if I'm a GM, if we're going to sit here and play GM, like, if when he can, if he comes to me, I'm going to be like, look, we value your opinion. We think that's extremely important. We want you to get along with your teammates. We need you to find a way to get along with Chris Paul. What do we need to do to make sure you get along? Not let's get rid of him. Let's trade him for Russ. I'm not saying it's an awful trade and, like, Russ is terrible, but I don't think it was – I think it was a downgrade. I just feel like Chris Paul fits the system they had going at the time. Right. I think Chris Paul, though, the thing what it what it comes down to is that Chris Paul and James Harden are both of those guys that need the ball in their hands and they got to be that guy on their team offensively to make things happen. And not saying that Westbrook, not, yeah, not saying that Westbrook isn't that type of player because you saw that in OKC because he was the only other guy out there to do that for them. So I think that's another thing that we see so much success from Chris Paul this year was he, got out of the shadow of Harden and became that guy again. You know, he didn't have to, you know, share the spotlight or share the the ball handling. He didn't have to share, you know, being the guy on the team again with Harden. And I think that is where you'll see with James Harden, I think it's mostly on his shoulders because it is hard to play with Harden because he is so ball dominant. And I agree with you to the point that I don't think Russell is the best fit with Harden because he is also a ball dominant guy as well. So I think you need a big guy. I think you need a win, another wing player possibly or a passing point guard that doesn't score. Like Chris Paul and Westbrook are passing point guards, but they also are scoring point guards. You know, they're all kind of, those are their two things that they do very well. They score the ball and they pass the ball. And for for Harden, you don't need that other scoring option. Harden needs to be the main scoring option. So that's where I find that they keep going after this point guard and it's not the piece that they need. They need another piece besides a point guard. So for me, I'm like, 
you can't you can't discredit getting Russell Westbrook off of his triple double year and being like this is a bad move. You know, you can't you you'd be stupid to say that's a bad move, but at the same time to your point, it's not the best fit. And I agree 100%. I don't think James Harden and Westbrook and James Harden and Chris Paul really fit the the standard or the the winning mindset in terms of being so ball dominant as players. So my only thing is, what do you do then? Do you get rid of Westbrook? Because you're not getting rid of Harden because, you know, or do you add another player? Obviously, get rid of Westbrook. I think to me, you're already in too deep. And unless, unless someone else comes to you with a package that is just unresistible, because to me, that's the only way that you're going to get what's worth Russell Westbrook and or at least enough to continue being a competitive team and still build around Houston. Now, I mean, I, I do want to say I think this could be an interesting move, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did, if they found a way to try to make something happen with Philly and and, and make moves around. Obviously, uh, Daryl Moore, Maurice, or yeah, Daryl Morey stepped down as a GM for them and is being looked at by Philly, most likely going to get it done. You know, Mike D'Antoni, obviously, not returning. Um, you know, when they when they traded for Russell, they traded uh, CP3, a first-round 2024 pick, a first-round 2026 pick, and the rights to swap first-rounders in 2021 and 2025, which obviously that 2021 pick ended up being shy uh, Alexander for – for OKC, and I mean, he's playing very, playing very well. So, with all of that happening, it's it, the Rockets are in a real sticky situation to me because they had this entire all-in on small ball mode, and it really started to pick up some steam, interest the league. They get fucked because they have to play the Lakers, who absolutely are the biggest team when it comes to rebounding and defense and paint and all that kind of stuff, like owning the paint. So it became a battle of how how long can y'all run around and shoot crazy shots versus the Lakers playing good basketball. But that also comes down to the coaching, in my opinion. I've never really been a Mike D'Antoni fan. I don't think he has winning basketball. So maybe if you put that kind of style, but you you adjust and get a, a small ball big and, and, and keep running. You already got P.J. Tucker, but pair another person with him Maybe even go get two. I mean, imagine if, you know, the, the traditional center you keep, right? So, like, you have a couple of centers. You got your your starter, your backup, and you always have a third because someone's always hurt. So, if you have three or four centers that are traditional, imagine if you have three or four non-traditional centers who just run the floor, rebound, uh, and, and, and play big for their size. Imagine if you have depth like that in Houston for, you know, that, that style and you still implement it maybe with another coach who actually cares about defense. Obviously they, they signed Steven Silas, but you know, that's, that's something that is, to me, you got to look at it. it, it, it you don't want to, you can't blow anything up yet. Right. And I think Steven uh, Silas is a great pickup. Um, he obviously deserves this more than any other coach. Um that's looking for a job right now because I mean, he's 14 years in the league as an assistant. Um, so that's, 
he's been all around the the globe in terms of basketball. Um, he even, you know, coached overseas and done some overseas work. Um, I mean, he started with the Hornets, the Cavs. He started, I mean, he's coached LeBron James in developing him. Same with the Wizards and the Warriors. He's been on those coaching staffs. He's seen the progression of a Steph Curry, the LeBron James. And then with the Mavericks, with Luka, he's been there through that development of a player. Um, so for me, this is where the shift is going to happen. And I don't know 100% if James Harden has signed off on this. Obviously, he has to um, you know, agree to it. But I don't know if he's 100% signed off on it. But I think this is this hire of, of Silas is that they're going to slow their pace. They're not going to play this seven-second offense anymore and just run around and shoot threes. And for him, he is a, a development guy. So for me, I think they're going to bring – try to get a younger, you know, core. They're kind of old. You I mean, they got Tyson Chandler. Even P.J. Tucker is a, a, a seasoned vet. Um, so they got some some veterans, obviously James Harden, Russell Westbrook. But for me, they need to build a team around the guys that they have and build a matchup of beating LA, beating both LA teams, and p- probably Denver. I'm gonna throw Denver in there as well. But they need to start building the roster to beat those three teams, you know, and match up very well with them. And I think. With the Silas, you know, sign of being the head coach, he's going to definitely, you know, throw in some some half court sets, not push the pace every single possession. So, I don't know. I guess my question for you though is, do you think that they're going to actually, you know, completely abandon the the seven seconds and shooting threes, or like you said, is it too late in terms of they've already got that? that core type of player, you know, that are the three and D and just shoot threes. And, and that's, they got to stick with it now because they're in too deep. Well, I mean, I, I think it's impossible to say they're going to do anything because the one thing they've done, if anything, is keep my head spinning just with no, I mean, if I'm a Houston fan, I, I got to say like, it's, it's got to be kind of stressful. You're you're really good year after year, but you have no fucking clue what your team is doing. I mean, you've got Daryl Morey, who <laughs> completely shakes things up and and then just goes, "Yo, if Mike's out, I'm out." Um, and I, I just now, if I'm them, I mean, if I'm if, if we're gonna start playing GM, um, you know, then. It's it's tough to to build on that because you don't have any 2020 draft pick now due to I don't think they have a single one in the, for this draft year at all. And that isn't that nuts? Yeah, I mean, talking about building a core, you can't really yeah, do you that can't if you draft to build around them. So now, obviously, you're in the position to where you only have two choices to build around these two cores. You know, former MVPs and and Harden and Westbrook. You can trade. Or you can sign people. And I will say for what they need, in my opinion, if if they can it just and it's that's why I'm saying it's so hard to depict on what they which way they want to go. But I do feel like they have a couple of options that in ways that they can go. You can go back to the style that worked for you when you were really playing well back with 
Chris Paul in 2017-18 or that 2018-19 season. Um, they basically had Capella, who was, you know, supposed to be the rim protector and defender. So I look at some of the free agents on the market that I would, you know, deem that or see them filling that role to the same level Capella did or doing better than Capella did. Uh, I think you got to go look at the rebounders first and the top two rebounders that are hitting free agency this year are currently on the same damn team, <coughs> excuse me, which you should be able to beat out in a free agent battle because it's the Cleveland fucking Cavaliers, man. They're terrible. Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond. If you go and get them, that works because you can still stick towards that D'Antoni theme that he was, that worked for y'all off, offensively. Partially. I don't think you stick to all of it because I didn't like everything D'Antoni did, but the way D'Antoni, D'Antoni did have them move the ball around and the way he did run it when he did have pick and rolls with Capella, I did, I did think it was nice. Um, but also just that tip out, tipping it back out to shooters like Harden. And that's something Capella or, you know, a, a person like Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond can do. And that goes along with Russell Westbrook because he's obviously a rebounding point guard as well. But if you, if you, wanted to kind of space the floor out to stick to what you have right now. Those aren't your, you know, best options to me. I think you have to look at someone uh, that's a shooter and a shooter that would work well for them is like Aaron Baines, which is on another team who's good and showed some promise at the end of the bubble. But I think you, if you're Houston, you got to find a way to beat them out in the free agency battle with, with, you know, the Phoenix Suns. Right. Um, unless Aaron just loves Phoenix, you know, Aaron's been around a couple of teams. I don't think he's, you know, grounded anywhere yet specifically, but do you have any free agents who you were really interested in when it came to, or an opinion, you know, do you feel like they should stick to the, go back to the Capella type style ball they played where it was defense and rebounding in the center power forward position, or do you think they should kind of stretch the floor and make some shooters? Right. I think obviously, so for me, the the four people that you are going to keep for sure if you're the Houston Rockets is going to be Westbrook, Harden, Robert Covington, and P.J. Tucker. Those are your untouchables regardless. Are they, though? Because we've seen rumors saying that we were looking to go after Robert Covington from them. I know, and I, I know that he's a, a high-value target. So I think those four are going to be – safe i think the rockets are going to do everything that they can to keep them and try to battle it out with some other you know teams to to try to keep them there but in terms of free agency i like the drumming the drumming pickup that would be huge um and if they do that that gives them the ability to slow it down i think if the rockets now really want to be successful they need to have the traditional style of basketball where if you're Tristan if you're Tristan Thompson or Andre Drummond and the Rockets come to you and they're asking you to be like look man you can't chase the bag on us because we've already got Russ who's making a shit fucking ton of money 38 million and and James Harden who's making a shit ton of money 41 million um if 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 you were approached by the Rockets and are like look we're asking you to take a pay cut but we're going to put you in position to win a championship are you buying that well, yes, because Andre Drummond got paid by the Cavaliers, and he hasn't produced enough to get that same contract that the Cavaliers paid for him. Tristan Thompson, 
only does so much on the floor. The Cavaliers also paid him. So he got a bag from the Cavaliers. I don't think his value is as high as it was when he signed his contract with the Cavaliers. And yes, I, if a Rockets team came to, to me and I'm Drummond or uh, Tristan, uh, Tristan Thompson, I would be like, yeah, let's, let's see what else you have though. What else are you bringing to the table in terms of, am I just joining this team that's going to make, you know, get the fourth seat again this year and, you know, can't beat the LA teams or the, uh, a Denver Nuggets team. And one guy I do want to mention that I think possibly could be a better fit is in, in terms of that center kind of not so much stretching the floor, but just, you know, rebounding and defensively is, is Montrezl Harold. I think Harold will be that guy that kind of plays similar to Clint Capella and just a scrappy guy. We see that he's a scrappy guy when in six man of the year, he's obviously, you know, built to, you know, be a, an impact player on the floor. The only thing that I, I'm concerned for the Rockets, if you want to go after that, that's somebody that you're going to have to pay. You know, you can't – he's going to expect well, – Trez, Trez is going to expect that money, but I don't think he should, especially if you do look at going towards a Houston team. I would really – I like – I agree with you. I really do like a Montrez Harrell on the Houston Rockets – but I still like him as that kind of six man. I don't think he can start for them. But it, you would you would have to go get one more guy who's like that because I think with PJ Tucker and Montrez Harrell being the the centers in there and they're obviously both like the same style. I think that they can definitely hold it down. But someone's going to get hurt. I mean, it just happens in basketball. You got to have a third backup, and I think you should add someone maybe like Enos Cantor to go along with them undersized, but you know, can, can do something big for you. He can be a big rebounder. I think Trez obviously brings the the defensive forefront first and foremost, he can rebound as well, but he's dominantly there for defense as an undersized defender, but who can create a lot of turnovers and chaos on that end. But I mean, it, it, like I said, it just kind of comes back down to, you know, where do you think? Do you think they should go for shooters, defenders, or rebounders, or, or a, a combination of both? If you ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with what you said with Montrezl Harrell and go the defensive route. Right. I think, I think the shooters are there. I think you, really if you want to make moves, you can in terms of trading. I think you got Eric Gordon. He's a guy that you can trade for sure. You, even Ben McLemore, you can – trade him he you know his value is is a little bit up um same with Austin Rivers Austin Rivers his value is up he played very well and then even like a Daniel House you know just a, a guy that made a name for himself uh this year those are all trade you know trade bait players that you can possibly go get another big guy because I think you have to fill that role of being a big guy because you have to compete with the LA teams. And I think the Rockets found that out this year is that without any big on the floor, you can't compete with the Lakers. You can't compete against the Nuggets with Jokic. You can't do it. Um, So for me, another big name that stood out, Paul Millsap could be a big guy. Um, 
to kind of stretch the floor a little bit for them. Um, the only other big name that I want to mention, and I don't, I'm not, I won't say that this is going to happen at all because um, it probably won't, but a Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard pretty, played really well this year for the Lakers, and he could be that defensive uh, a presence at least in the in the in the lineup for the Rockets. Bring him off the bench and be that guy that kind of you throw in there and be like, "Hey, you're not gonna get a dunk." You know, I don't know about that one. I cannot agree about the Dwight Howard. Um, I I think Dwight Dwight Howard plays spectacular this year. You know, kind of off the side of the topic, but I'll, I'll definitely cover it. Um, he didn't. He played really well, and I don't feel like he does that with any other team than the Los Angeles Lakers, if I'll be quite frank. I think it's just the fact that LeBron pushes him to be more locked in because you can't play for LeBron if you aren't locked in on that championship mentality. And if you send him over to Houston, it's just a totally different locker room and environment that will bring the big kid that you know lives in Dwight Howard. He's just a big kid, man. I, I don't think he could I, ugh, oh, I don't think and I, and obviously we've seen him in Houston before so I don't think Houston would really want another test go around because uh, I don't think I think though Dwight Howard's he Lakers got <laughs> he got a, he got a taste of it though this year. he got a taste of it this year in saying but he had true leadership to get him that taste there's no true leadership in Westbrook and James Harden who has a problem with Chris Paul being a dog no but I think that's – I think you're looking at it in terms of – It's needs, in the way of their system, if anything, in my opinion. That's where I think we're, we're going to – I think we disagree a little bit because you're thinking of the Rockets are going to keep this system of shooting threes and just running and gunning. It I don't think – For them. No. I think I you think, just put it down a little bit. You don't totally go away from it. I, I think, think – I think they'll totally abandon it. I don't think they'll keep it. I honestly think you will see the traditional basketball of just, you know, sets and plays and, you know, having one ball handler bring it up. On occasion, you'll have Harden, you know, play the point guard and when Russ is out. But I think, no, you're going to see a whole new look from the Rockets because with the hiring of Silas, I think he's seen that that system doesn't get you to – championship level um in terms of getting over the hump and actually competing for a championship so i i think we'll see a big a big momentum switch switch for the rockets in terms of the type of style and play that they they do because i don't know i just don't think it nobody's buying into it now because it hasn't worked for so long that's just me so i think We'll see these big players like Dwight Howard, even like maybe a Myers Leonard. I know we were talking about that off the air. Maybe him filling that traditional center role because I just think that's that's what you're going to have to do facing the Lakers. Like you're going to have to face the Lakers or go through the Lakers at some point. And if you don't have that big on the floor, you're probably not going to win. So, yeah, um, I do. I do feel like, like I said earlier, it's hard to nail which route they're going to go because they just they continue to fucking surprise the hell out of me. I mean, it's just a crazy. It's crazy how much they go through. Uh, one thing I did want to 
kind of highlight and just kind of bring to the attention it imagine being robert covington like my name is always in trade rumors because every team that potentially wants to trade for me thinks i'm a difference maker a championship potential uh role player that could also maybe start and it's like you never really have a home if you're robert covington i mean are you just banking on like god where is free agency so i can pick maybe where I want to spend two straight seasons. Right. I think, although we see that Covington and PJ Tucker were kind of that, that second tier group of guys that the Rockets really relied on this year. So for me, I think I said it already. I think Covington is, is a lock. I think he's going to stay. I think he likes playing in Houston and I think he'll, he'll stay this year and the Rockets will do everything that they can to, you know, have his interest in heart, but I think in terms of trading, there's guys out there that could, you know, very, very much benefit like a Steven Adams. You could benefit from even a miles Turner. Bring a real OKC band back together. I like that trade. Right. You got miles Turner has been rumored to be, you know, trade tradable and he can stretch the floor if you're thinking they're going to stay with that Rockets, you know, kind of 3 and D guy. Um, I think another name that you have to look at is maybe like a Kevin Love. You can trade for him that stretches the floor to shoot threes. Um, wow. I know I know he's kind of you – know, his value's down, but that's a guy that you can plug in there to, you know, stretch that the floor a little bit. And then – the last guy is LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, I think he could fit in very well to, you know, also kind of stretch the floor. He's not so much a three-point shooter, but he can mid-range the hell out of the ball. So, for me, that's my, like, Stephen Adams, if you want to go a big route. you got Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, even Daniel House now that have value that you can go out and trade with. Um, they are contracts are big enough that you can bring in like a, a Steven Adams, a Miles Turner, you know, even a Kevin Love that you can, you know, play money game with and, and make it work that in that sense. So there's a lot of options for the Rockets in there a lot of routes that they can take. But for me, I think they go back to more of a traditional type if they want to, you know, compete, realistically compete in the in the West. So I don't know. What do you, in terms of trades, if you say you get, you know, your, your center player, who else would you want to trade for? Are you trading for shooters then? Or are you going to go and get another, another big, if you're, if you're the Rockets? Uh, I think you gotta, you do gotta kind of have to pick one route and stick with it. If you want to go traditional, I almost would consider trading P.J. Tucker, see what kind of value you can get out of him, maybe even if it's just some draft picks so that you can draft <laughs> in general. I mean, it's just it's hard to build a team when you don't draft. Even if it's in the first round, you can still find rough gems in late draft rounds sometimes. And, I mean, you can find him undrafted as well. So, I mean, right now they need to dig deep, man. It's, I, if, I was a, if I was a Houston fan, it's a tough time. I don't know what's going on. But something has to change because 
you go from 2000, you know, the two, the first year with Chris Paul that go into the Western Conference Finals to the following year losing in the second round to the Warriors again for to to the following year, you lose in the second round again, but this time it's to the Lakers 4-1. So you're gradually getting worse. And this is a team that is, you know, was consistently a top seed and we considered um, a competitive team and injuries held them back. But now trades and play styles and coaches stepping down. I mean, I don't know what's going to hold them back next. It's just getting uglier and uglier right now. If, if I'm a Houston fan, and I'm, are you, are you basketball guys and going, what the hell do I got to do? Are you totally sold on them keeping Russell Westbrook? Or you think that is a guarantee? I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you have a choice. You have to, unless I, like I said, unless somebody comes to you and is, is, is giving you an offer that you can't refuse, then I, then maybe because you can get, he's worth a lot, but a team has to come to you. Otherwise they're going to try and sell you short because they're going to feel like your experiment failed, his trade values down and they're going to shorthand you. So I think you, I don't think Russell Westbrook is bad. I think he gets better with the next year. You get a little bit more chemistry, but I mean, it's a tough call. It's, it's hard. If I'm, if I'm the Houston GM, I ain't smiling right now. Let me put it like that. That's I'm looking, true. I'm grabbing my hair and yanking that shit and got pulses in my forehead. And I'm just, I'm trying to make it day by day right now and figure out how the hell I can reconstruct this organization. Right. I mean, they left me in a shit show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to take, I think it'll take two, two to three years for the Rockets to, completely re I guess just reinvent themselves um as this new team of you know what route they go did you see them exploring a route where they trade maybe with Philly and, and Daryl Morey and them over there maybe well, get a, I mean if you could trade if you could trade imagine if you go to them and that's one of the only ways you can maybe trade a, a Russell Westbrook if at all possible because you don't have any picks to give Philly that makes it worth it but you can give Philly Russell because they can take on that contract and you give Houston Joel Embiid see I was going to go versa the, I think those two pairings help both teams out if I'm gonna be quite see, I was going to go the uh, the other route and say if I'm giving up Russell Westbrook I might even want Ben Simmons because he's not that scoring point guard and he fits the system better that he can distribute the ball to the shooters instead of being competing with, I would say, with James Harden and trying to score the ball. If I'm Houston, I'm taking that. Absolutely. That's a Houston win. To me, you don't want Joel Embiid, if I'm going to be quite honest. I don't want Joel Embiid. But if I'm if I'm Houston, I definitely want Ben Simmons. You're right. That fits. I mean, that's a – that's base. Ben Simmons is basically a – Russell Westbrook 2.0, twice the athleticism, twice the passing – I wouldn't say twice the passing capability, but a equal level damn near passer, you know, and is all around better on defense. Right. So I think that's an extreme win for Houston. I, I would definitely make that move. I would too, but I don't think you're, you can get Ben Simmons' youth – over yeah. Russell, Russell's, you know, declining youth, I would say, getting older. I'm but, sure if you, if you put it in the trade finder, there's a lot of other things you got to plug in to make sure the money works. And, right. And, 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 and right, but. the biggest thing, though, is Maury's, you know, now being with the 76ers, 
he's going to trade. Like he's he's going to find something that works. And the only thing that I really see though is with Doc Rivers is being the coach over there now is that Doc Rivers loves having a big guy on the floor, and he's always been you know kind of that guy that you know wants a banger down there. And we see that with him in the Celtics that he's kind of struggled with is not having that big guy on the floor. And that's kind of where his mindset is. So he's had to learn not to have a big guy. Same in, same with the Clippers. He didn't have a real dominating guy in the big, in the big position. And, but now that he has one in Joel Embiid, I don't think there's a chance that he's going to give up that, you know, <clears throat> the chance to have a big guy on the floor because Doc Rivers does like to, you know, run sets and run plays and be defensive minded at times. And, you know, so to have that uh, option and that availability to, to Joel Embiid, he's not going to, he's not going to let that one slip. So I don't know. Another guy I think for the Sixers that they could have trade with maybe is like a, a Tobias Harris. I think Tobias Harris would fit with the Rockets kind of system of, being a bigger guy that stretches the floor. I know his contract's a little higher than his value, but that could be a, another guy with the 76ers that they kind of, you know, play around with. Um, so I know his value being underappreciated in Philly could, could like, do you feel like if you put him in a Houston fit, he, he kind of blooms back out to that star build that everybody, that, that max money that he, you know, has earned but hasn't really performed as right and i mean that's hard for tobias harris because you are behind you know especially on a team where there's no dominant big man figure by any means versus where obviously he's in philly and you've got joel Embiid on the court you've got ben simmons on the court sometimes you've got al horford on the court i mean like there's no room for error because the next man can be up they'll call upon the next man Right. I think that's the thing, though. You're playing behind Ben Simmons' stardom. You're playing behind Joel Embiid's stardom. And he is that third guy that you look to just because he can do it. It's hard to when you have two other Picture James Harden, Tobias Harris, pick and roll. I'm telling you, I think... Pick and pop is low-key, probably going to be a little nasty. Right. And I, I think that would be... I mean, no chance that this happens, but... If you could get Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons in a trade and give up a Russell oh, Westbrook or something. I would never. But that type of – I think if you get a Tobias Harris, you have to go the route of being more traditional and let Tobias Harris be that next guy to kind of fill Do you feel that. comfortable making a trade with a team that is taking your GM? I think more is going to do that regardless – I think Warriors going to make four or five trades this next year, hands down. I, I do agree to that. I think he, he does will. that every year. Warriors the guy he that make, he makes shit move. Right, and that's what he loves to do. He probably played two K a lot, and you know, put on the trade <laughs> finder, and was like, "Man, what could I do? How how is my team looking this year?" He probably did that growing up. So he's like, "Damn, now I can do it in real life." Play by all the rules. Does it make sure the salary cap is set? He said, "No, I'm not going to rig this. This is the league, because I'm gonna run this league." Yeah, right. Man. But that's that's the GM he is. He wants to, you know, play around with all the the pieces and and see if they can, you know, make it work. So, 
whatever happens in Philly, there's going to be, you know, something happening there. So, yeah, I, I do think that's a pretty good, uh, well, I, I, I do want to wrap it up with a closing thought um, because I did have one other person that I found an int- intriguing player that I could just see being in Houston. And it would it would be if they stick along the lines of continue to have that spread the floor shooting, but a free agent that's still uh, going to be available this summer is Danilo, uh, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he he's somebody that I love him. He's a he's the dog in him. He's a, he's a competitive player. He's a low key player sometimes that goes unrecognized. Obviously playing for OKC this year that was you know something that was just going to happen because nobody expected OKC to be as good as they were this year, but. Um, that's a way to, to that's somebody in free agency I think would be a really interesting pickup if they could swing it, depending on Gallinari's views on how much money he wants. Right. I think the last I, I, to go along with that, I think there um, one other player for me that I've looked at for this Rockets team is Serge Ibaka. I think Serge Ibaka obviously is not as valued as high, but he is also that kind of smaller four, but can also guard the big position. Um, and he can stretch the floor. Like we've seen it. He's kind of added that to his game is to step out and shoot the three. Um, so that you could get him at a good price too. So a lot of questions in Houston for sure. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end it at. With that being said, who, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. Follow me personally on Twitter at the Hoopstar Nash. Um, and if you want to follow my podcast, Man to Man Podcast, that's at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram and at MTM NBA Show on Twitter. Go check us out. And if you want to, check us out on uh, Satellite Radio. That's dashradio.com um, or download the Dash Radio app. And tune in on Mondays at 4 p.m. to Nothing But Nets channel. We're on there every week. So, yeah, man, thanks for having me on again, man. It was, it was a hey, man. Always, always a pleasure. You'll know, you know, you'll be back. Um, all you got, you guys can also get at me on on Twitter at e underscore troop ten. Again, that's at e underscore t r o u p one zero. Uh, I'm normally trying my best to tweet out during big events. You know, we only got football right now. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get active back on Twitter. If you want to find anything that's related to the podcast, you can find that on Instagram at The Morning Playbook. And I, I definitely plan on having more of these episodes. But I, I'm glad to have started this series off with you. But, you know, I felt like you were the best person to start it off with. And I'm sure I'm having you on for some of these other teams. I'll go ahead and give the people that hung around to the end a little preview. We will definitely be doing, well, I don't, I mean, maybe me, maybe Liam will be on for the next one uh, if I don't have someone else, but I'm doing Philly next. Philadelphia is probably the most interesting team in the East, in my opinion. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of do things based off of who's the most interesting in the West to who's the most interesting in the East. Uh, when it comes to interesting, I don't think that's always the best team in the East or the West or competitive. So I went Houston and I want to do Philly next. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but with that being said, I'm, we up out of here. I'll catch you on another episode. Hoop. For sure, for sure.